are a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. That's my camera applauding. That's the round of applause we're getting for the intro. I love it. No, we need to do more of that. That's great. Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. We're off to a crazy start, as always, and that's uh, Matt there just firing off his shutter speed as a... An applause for our intro, which um, I think is fabulous. We'll have to try and integrate that somehow in every episode, I think. I think we should get everyone you, to send in a recording of their high-speed shutter, and if we put them all together, it would be like an audience applauding. It's a chorus of, yeah. of shutters. That's amazing. I wonder if that's in the dictionary, whether that's – whether of A chorus of shutters, whether or that's sort of like – Annoying, like a gaggle of shutters or something. <laughs> gaggle. A flutter of shutters. Ooh, a flutter. I like that. Flutter of shutters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you been, mate? You um, good? Really good, actually. That was very exciting. So I, I actually just received all the parts for my brand new grip, which gives me an extra couple of frames a second. And so, ah, so you've gone the vertical grip. Mm, pretty excited. Ah, uh, so what, what camera is this going on to? This is on the D850, and I think it's gone right. up from like seven frames a second to like, 10 or something like that yep yep which doesn't sound yep. like a lot but it is oh look it all counts we used to use those in the sports photography days and you just weren't a professional unless you had a vertical grip because who would sort of bend their wrist around to fire off the shutter like nobody you'd, you'd definitely have to have the vertical grip to look pro yep. and it sounds so, way cooler it does sound very cool yeah it did sound excellent well done how's your well day done. Well, you know, just started. We're, we're sort of uh, we, we're used to recording this in the morning, in the afternoons, mid afternoon. By the time you know we've already done a day's work and we're happy to uh, jump into a beer or a wine in the bath, as you do. Yeah. But instead, we've uh, we've thrown things us about, haven't we? And it's eight thirty in the morning, and uh, not that anyone cares, but uh, still try to wake up. To be honest. Um, it's uh, it's been busy. I mean, we're still in lockdown, of course. For those uh, listening, uh, it's uh, mid October, and uh, we're still trying to get out of this mess, um, which it looks like the lights at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. But it just feels like this is going to go on forever, doesn't it? As long as that light's not like you know, people are on their deathbed and they're like, "I can see the light. I see the light <laughs> like, coming towards the yeah, light. The light at the end of the tunnel." It's like, yeah, we're all just is, that is, die, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope not, but. Um, mm. Wowzers, it'd be nice to just get back to some sort of normality, in inverted commas, to be honest. Yeah. Open up the gallery doors, be able to go out and shoot whenever we want, um, have people socialising, et cetera, et cetera. That would be very nice. It just, It's just been such a weird year, Wowzers. I think that this is the moment. We're in what, stage three at the moment? I'm going to call this like the four. Uh, this is the four play stage. I don't know what stage we're in, but I just well, whatever to it is. But like, think about it. Like, you can do a couple I just little want to things. Have an orgasm and move on. <laughs> if you're going to talk about four play, okay, let's just right. get it over and done with. Right, I'm done. Um, let's let's get on with it. I'm sorry to hear that, Mary. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, she's used to it. Don't no worry. time, too busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No Come time. on, I've got work to do, babe. Oh, exactly. How long is this? Is this five minutes? Oh God. This is, I love that this is the 8.30 version of the podcast. Like, this is, imagine if we did this at 3 o'clock. 
what's what's, well, what's going to happen there you know so. i don't know maybe we just go back to our boring selves but uh <laughs> maybe we should try this time slot more often or maybe we should go for something really late at night no i'm too tired by then yeah, late at night i think it'd just be like that'd be like listening to those the mellowed out jazz channel i think you'd just be you'd just fall asleep what and the hell do you do the jazz channel i love jazz it's- the jazz channel. Where yeah. do I find that? Like Spotify and stuff. To get like really, yeah, that or that, I love listening to classical music. Really loud though, like right. like pretending I'm like a rock concert, but it's classical music. Okay, mm. yeah, interesting. Wow. I have a very well, odd taste in music. I'm a. I, it either has to come out of the '90s or yeah, I'm to be classical. Right. Okay. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yeah. My, my son does double bass at school. Oh, He's quite good at it. it. Really? Yeah, he's been playing double bass for, well, he's been teaching for 30 years. Yeah, there you go. Stop it. He's been teaching via Zoom at the moment, which I think yeah. is mind-blowing. How do you teach a double bass via Zoom? But Yeah. yeah what, so yeah. he does it at school, does he? He does it at school and he's quite good at it. And he's writing his classical music as well. If you ask Ollie to put some music on the radio, he'll go straight for, you know, Handel's Messiah or, I don't know, the concerto of something or other. And, and off it. he goes. And he, he's right into it. He goes, listen to this, Dad, listen to this. So, and you're sitting um, there going, um, sorry, can you put Cardi no, B back on? <laughs> Cardi B, my ass. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm actually quite across a lot of that because I studied music at school and I was um, I started off in violin and then I went to clarinet and then alto sax and I ended up in the school big band as an alto sax player and then I, I hadn't continued on with it since but I actually sang in a church choir for six years as well. That so, I can't believe. So I believe I, the sax bit. I believe the clarinet, yeah. and I can probably picture you with a violin, but I can't yeah. really picture you being a choir boy. I can you've picture like you've, the. You've seen, seen it on the internet. Oh, I've really? put photos up. Yeah, I've put photos up of me in my church well, robes. Believe it or not, I don't actually like just sit there and look at your Facebook page like twenty four seven. Although something interesting well, happened with Facebook not, this why week. Not? This is this is ridiculous. Go on. Have you noticed that Facebook this week no longer has the "Who do you speak to the most?" filter on? Like, you you actually this week. I don't know. You know how everyone sort of like you know posts up like, oh, if you post yeah, this yeah. in What's your thing, it'll be like such and such. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes, yes so yes, that, yes. that I don't actually believe at all. I think that's ridiculous. no, that's rubbish. Yeah. yeah However, yeah. this week. Bait. Um, someone posted up saying, oh, my God, all of a sudden I can see all of my friends' posts, not just um, the regulars. And I'm not thinking, just the ones that Facebook thinks you want to see more yeah, often because you have to interact with that more often. Yeah, I'm right? like, this is, this is okay, maybe like there's a couple of people. Maybe, you know, you're just sort of saying that because you posted it. Now you feel like you need to justify it. But all of a sudden all these people have been popping up in my Facebook feed. I don't like, I don't look at Facebook that often. I sort of look at it more for work. But when yeah. I open it, obviously has your, your immediate feed. And I'm going like, hold on a second. I don't even know who that person is. And I click on them and it's like, right. you're a friend. you became friends in like 2004. <laughs> Am I friends with you? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, so I've started defriending a lot of people and I'm like, I have no idea who you are. But um, all of a sudden, oh, all these people who I've they're never... Probably, they're probably some of your best clients that you've just forgotten because you haven't seen them in six months. And now they're saying, thanks, Matt, for defriending me. New number, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> New phone. Um, no, that's. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's really interesting. Anyway, I've seen like a lot of people pop up, so that's probably why I haven't been seeing yours because now it's showing me everyone's. And now it's showing everyone else's instead looks like of mine. More people in the world than just you have Facebook, which is interesting. I've, I'm, I'm a yeah. Okay, look, I have to admit to the listeners out there, I am a little bit of an oversharer. Okay, so <laughs> I've actually had my best mate um, Ian Wallace down in Tassie. 
we were down there last winter and he said to Mary, you know what, I don't see any of Tom's stuff on Facebook anymore. And she goes, yeah. oh, why not? And he goes, well, every time I opened up Facebook, and he's not a big Facebook user, but he was like you, he'd say every time I opened up Facebook, I just see Tom and mm. all his shit. And so I tried to unfollow him but I was still seeing his stuff. So in the end, I said, stuff it, and I just unfriended him. Yeah. I was go. just, I was gutted. I was well, gutted. The thing is, though, like if you if you are actually mates with him, you'll probably chat to him. You don't maybe need to be. This is it. This is it. We, I just send him, I send him lewd photos on WhatsApp instead. Yeah. Well, we've you know, all experienced that, we? <laughs> <laughs> Well, not everybody. I only save it for my special friends, and, oh. and you're one of them, Matt. Oh. So you're, you're on the... You're on the list. Because that's about, you know, I downloaded all my phone photos the other day. This is kind of a bit of a photography oh, thing. I mean, um, Laura wasn't standing in front of the computer yeah, with you. Wow, yeah. So, um, She's no, like, but I, who's that semi naked person on your phone? I was, you know, I was just like, you know, I need to probably download or like, you know, just not to back it up because it's all in the cloud. But I thought there's no point in just having like these, you know, tens of thousands of phone photos. Yeah. Most of them are kind of dumb photos that you just took. At the moment, yeah, yeah, exactly, and they do clog up your phone. So in the oh, end, yeah. you get to the point. I'm Mary's constantly having to dump photos off her phone because it's full. It's like, oh no, babe, can you can you take a photo of this or can you get a video of this? Why, babe, you've got your phone? No, nah, no, nah, it's full. Yeah, all right, cool. off you go. Yeah, so, well, I downloaded so go a lot on. of them, and yeah, I, look, there was enough photos in there that I was like, I, I'm glad I did this. I'm glad I'm doing the purge because if I die and someone goes through my phone, <laughs> they're gonna be like, "What was he into?" And basically, it's just a whole bunch of semi-naked Tom Putt photos. So oh, taken from the bathroom. Yeah, yep. I yep. think you should yep. be like, the, you should be actually the the manscape photographer, not the landscape photographer. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That can be my sort of alias. That can yeah. be my other site, you know, like like Cam Blake has the hairy tog and then I can be the manscaper. Yeah, the manscape photographer. That's, it sounds as creepy as what it would be. We could have some awards like the manscape photographer of the year <laughs> rather than the landscape photographer of the year. Yeah, not, oh, not, the creative not, not juices are flowing at the moment, are they? We were on fire. Speaking of juices, I just had a sip. You probably heard it. How good is that nudie juice with the nothing but carrot, apple, orange, and ginger? It's perfect for a hangover, and I haven't even got a hangover. There you go. I've, uh, to be honest, it freaks me out when carrots get juiced. <laughs> you don't like that? Oh, just it just I, there's some things in the world where you go, I'm not 100 percent sure that was designed to be juiced. That's all. Oh no, carrots best juiced. Yeah, okay. either that or roasted with some like honey roasted. over the top. Oh yeah, roasted yep. definitely. Oh um, yeah, <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just like oh, breakfast. Um, you know what? This is perfect because because our our, our tagline is ramble ro- random random ramblings from two photographers. So yeah. this, is, this is it. Yeah. This is the only reason why people listen to us. Hey, Matt, big big news, and I did not. I, I, I sent you this message, but I don't think I um, sent you across the fantastic little icon. We actually achieved the record of a thousand downloads for our podcast off Podbean this week. There you go. Can you believe it? And That's I'm amazing. like, how is that possible? But <laughs> I went through and I looked at the stats and there were like up to 200 people each time listening to this podcast. Can you Why? believe that? What could 200. Possibly... What did we say? 
what, 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 more importantly, what is it that they're, that they're doing in their lives that they find it entertaining to listen to us? Like they need to get a life, I think. What aren't they doing? You know, that's the, well, that's the main question. Maybe, this, maybe we're, we're taking advantage of them during this COVID period. That's what we're doing. We're, we're <laughs> like we're, we are we are abusing them in every way. We're abusing their ears in every way, shape or form because – um, they're just so bored that they think, oh, my God, well, it's there. I might as well listen to it. I'll, I'll, I'll jump on. I'm just checking the stats again. We're up to 1,400 people who have no, downloaded. Hey, we'll be getting the 2,000 download icon in a minute. You know oh, what's Jump really- on board, everybody. Share this. Share it. Share it. We want to get to 2,000 as quickly as possible before but- lockdown. So we've got like less than two weeks. Come on, everyone. But the one thing you this. can't do, though, guys, one thing you can't do is don't blow our cover. <laughs> so I know it's called Excellent Podcast and yes. just don't let anyone in on the secret no, that it's just no. not that excellent. Just tell them that it's it's really tell interesting them. and very informative and these guys are really funny. You're going to you know, love it. It's I the like, best 40 minutes of your life. It's uh, it's uh, Nick's got a really good way of putting this. He's like, what's written on the tin, you know? So what's written on the tin, it is what it is. Excellent Podcast, tell people that. <laughs> this is it. Let's not, let's this is not it. beat Look, around the bush. If you don't tell anybody... They won't know. They won't yeah. know otherwise. You've got to blow your own trumpet sometimes. We're not good at doing that as Australians. No. We tend to downplay our achievements. And at the end of the day, we need to just celebrate them. Yeah, definitely. And so I'm going to celebrate the fact that we have reached 1,000 downloads. And, um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. To be honest, it's, uh, it's, it's all thanks to you. We just get together once or twice a week and just talk shit. So it's great that you guys find it uh, amusing enough to listen so thank you, and that guys. kind of leads Thanks. us into our topic today. Well, let's 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 get on to the I know, topic. There's always a minutes into the podcast. There's always there's... a hook that just kind of goes, "Wow, that was a perfect moment." And I wonder, Matt, whether I'm going to take you off the hook for a second. I wonder whether people just like scroll forward to like the 15, 20 minute mark and see whether we've hit the topic yet or not. <laughs> you should put like a marker. You know, you can put markers in YouTube videos where it's like this is where the important thing happened. Yes, just like yes. just do the conclusion at the end. Like the last two and a half minutes is probably the gold. Um, yes, and yeah, the rest yeah. of it's really just the padding. I, I, ten, five minutes, five minutes. I think the last five minutes tend to just be ramblings as well. But but around the forty minute mark is where we tend to sort of hit our stride. So it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt, really, isn't it? Like. You're probably going to waste, you know, three hours of your life listening to get that yes. one tiny little chocolate egg. That's, you know, yeah. In the end, in the end, there'll be people on our Facebook group just, um, just, just commenting and saying, "So, what was the take-home message this week, guys?" So I don't have to listen to 45 exactly. minutes of that. Well, have you had 45 minutes of my life that I'll never get back? Have you listened to audio? Like you, you've got Audible, don't you? The 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 um the audio book. You know what? I never have. Oh. I never have. Um, but I think I probably should. Well, I think you'd enjoy it. I mean, except yeah. if you actually enjoy reading, then you're not really doing that when you listen to Audible. But they often have the book and then they have next to it the summary book, which yes. is like the 15-page version. Yep. Yep. I think yep. someone should do like Matt and Tom's <laughs> excellent podcast summary podcast, which kind of just condenses the message down to yes. three sentences. Yes, exactly. I was going to say it wouldn't be 15 minutes. It'd probably be one sentence. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. 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 Don't Shoot buy that camera. <laughs> yes, um, this is Matt's favourite lens. Yeah. Yeah, use mirrorless cameras rather than anything else. You know, that's you one, know, thing, that sort of one thing that I think, um, you know, maybe this is the secret and maybe you've cracked the code and I was going to correct this and I think maybe maybe you're onto it. 
on our podcast, you never say what the episode is. You just like episode ten, and everyone's like, "What the fuck's episode 10? Well, this is this is it. You say. Whereas I'm thinking yeah. you should say like episode ten. We discuss and you know like at least a rough idea. But no, maybe yeah. the whole point is that. By the time people get to the end of it, they realize, wow, I probably wouldn't have listened to that. So <laughs> don't, don't tell them the it. title up front and then we're fine. Yeah. There you go. No, no, it's not true. It's not true. On the podcast, if you if you look at the Podbean summary, it always tells you in this episode we listened, we discuss. Have oh, you not so, been reading that? I've actually not listened to our podcast, to be honest. Not Nor listen, have I read anything read? about it right, or okay. been on the Podbean website. For those, so. who, for those who don't know, I, I am the mastermind behind all of this. Matt's just simply, look, I call him the co-host, but really we just we just sort of tie him up every week and um, get him to talk a few sentences, but really I'm the mastermind. You can say it, Tom. And, you can say it, Tom. <laughs> voice candy. <laughs> voice candy. This is it. You are your 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 beautiful voice, Candy, and e candy, um, maybe. No, e candy and sounds gross. I'm just, I'm just riding off your coattails, to be honest. Yeah, that's well, that's it. Here we are. No one knows. No one knows who I am. They're all listening for you, Matt. They know you're the sexiest man in in photography. So they they listen. The girls, the girls, and maybe some of the guys. So I'm not going to judge. Uh, just listen to this podcast each week and just have visuals of you in their head the whole time. Probably. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But this is so. This actually, this this is once again a good lead into our to our topic today. Oh, we're going to try this a second time. We're going to try yeah, a second okay. time. I reckon third time lucky, but we'll go for a okay. second now. Okay. So, so you are boosting up my ego a bit, right? mm-hmm. which is which is lovely. Thank you. Pump it up. Good morning. Going to yeah. be going to be a good Wednesday. But yeah. um, the topic today, actually, I think, kind of ego comes into it a little bit, and we were yes. discussing about True. the difference. Like, I mean, like this has been done to death. So. Don't just tune out when you hear the topic because we've got more to say about it. But we'll go we'll off on many different tangents, which are oh, totally yeah. unrelated to this topic. So yeah. there'll be value there, which we're, we're, we're hopeful for everybody. Yeah, but but so, <laughs> so sensor size. Ah, is that this, old chestnut. Is this one of those things? Because like it's sort of coming up again a lot in our BFOP. Um, groupies group there's people talking yeah. about you know nick's talking d6 versus d500 and then cam's talking about his multi big sensor medium format which is actually not as big as your medium format sensor and it's really? just like yeah okay. it just confuses me a bit not how obsessed people are but it confuses me as to how this hasn't just been like done dusted answer is out there Shut up, everyone. We kind of know. So I thought today we could actually, we could do that. We could put the last nail in the coffin and be like, cool, this is the one source of truth. Really? You mean, Mm. you mean mark this, this date, this time, because people in years to come will go, remember, that was the day that Matt and Tom declared that X, Y, or Z, whatever we're about to declare. If there was a Nobel Prize for camera photography (laughs) jargon talk, we would probably get it this afternoon. Wow, that's exciting. Mm, that's exciting. I, I feel like I should have dressed up a little more than I am. I'm in jeans and a hoodie. So, hey, you know, like that's sort of like the modern day entrepreneur, isn't it? Yeah, you know? as long as it's like a one color, like plain one color, no logos, you're good. No, 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 I'm sorry. It does on the back and, and it's a red bubble. It's a, it's my first, it's a first item that I've ever ordered off red bubble. I needed a new hoodie and I didn't like any of the others that I saw online. And I found this one that had beautiful white feathers on it so i ordered that hmm. and accidentally ordered them for the back rather than the front so it's oh. plain black on the front looks like a bit of a bogan mm. it's got feathers on the back there you go there you anyway go. sensor sizes 
Matt, Matt, tell me about your big sensor, please. Well, this is a funny one. So I came from Olympus, which has got arguably the smaller sensor on the, you know, on the cards, and a bit yeah. like um, a thirteen-year-old boy in the locker room. Um, I used to have to sort of justify the size of my sensor um, right. to, to a lot of people. They'd sort of go like, "Why are you not?" Especially if you're shooting like a, a you know, a more uh, professional setting, you know, weddings yes. or corporates and stuff like that. Um, and I would never had to justify to a client. I think I felt I had to justify it um, to yeah, those people who I was working with or, or yeah. not. Not the client never actually. I've, everyone talks about, oh, but what if your client says you need to use full frame? I go, I've never had a client turn around and even know what full frame meant, let alone, you know, have to use. Yeah. Um, and if they said I have to use it, then that yes. they don't know what they're talking about because they're not buying your camera. They're buying your photos. Um, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, I used to use that, and then I moved up to um, full frame from there. I sort of went, I, I lie, I did go, I had a full frame ages ago, um, a Canon 5D, I think it was a Mark II. And anyway, went back to, to mirrorless uh, micro four thirds, then I'm up to the D850. But then I like, I look at, you know, you, yourself and Cam, you guys got medium format. And I just thought, I get this question a lot, what are the pros and cons? And in real world, not like on paper in, in the dictionary world, but in the real world, there must be a pro for the smaller sensor sizes um, and there must be some cons as well. Arguably for you in medium format land that the same must exist. So I thought let's just throw it out on the table. Let's go from from the pros and cons. I'm going to – I can take the micro four-thirds angle, but you can take the mega gigantic – was it 645? Yes. So yep. let's start with your one, 645. You, you've start gone up to a mega sensor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to yeah. play devil's advocate with this as well, and I think okay. we should do vice versa on the other ones. But well, so right. so talk to me. Why on earth would I go and lug around a brick like that? Well, this is it. You know, why wouldn't you? I mean, you feel like a real man when you've got a camera like that mine. So, um, <laughs> poor woman, poor woman. Yeah, I was you know, going to say. You know, no way. You know what? On a side note, there aren't nearly enough female landscape photographers out there, by the way. So let's let's just give a shout out to all those who are making it in the uh, female landscape photography world. We need more of you. But um, so... The reason I shoot with my Pentax 645Z medium format 50 megapixel behemoth is... It's also four times, the sensor's what, four times the size of a full frame, I think? It's double. Double, okay. It's double. It's double the area size, yeah, I believe. Yes. So, and in terms of file size, it ends up being about, um, well, 50 megapixels versus whatever else, you know, like most of the other cameras are sort of like 20 to 30, so you're getting a lot more resolution out of it. The reason I love shooting with my camera is it does feel like the cameras of old and hence why um, it suits me so well. I, I spent 15 years roughly shooting with a brick of a camera that um, I should post onto the Facebook group. It's called a, a 617 Tommy Armour art panorama camera. So it's, it's basically a panoramic film camera, okay? So for those who aren't familiar with those panoramic film cameras, they would take 120 roll film, which is the roll, you know, medium format film that you'd put in um, into, uh, you know, Pentax and, and all the other cameras of the day. And that film is six centimetres high and about one metre wide, right? But you can fit four frames onto a, um, onto a roll of film. So when you put it into one of these panoramic film cameras, you'd get four pictures per roll. So you'd end up with four photos that were six centimetres high by 17 centimetres wide, right? And so um, 
it's it's a big camera to be able to fit that big roll of film. Obviously, weighs a ton, all metal, um, not carbon fiber, any of that sort of stuff. So it's it's big and it's clunky, but that's kind of why I enjoyed shooting with it so much. You'd, you, there was no sort of the only mechanical part of it was really the spring shutter. Um, the rest of it, you'd just dial in the aperture, dial in the shutter speed, you know, and uh, and obviously the ISO was governed by the speed of the film that you were using, which was more often than not Fuji Chrome Velvia, which was uh, 50 ISO. And uh, so it was very slow. So often the shutter speeds were like, you know, two, one, two seconds, four seconds, eight seconds and longer. So obviously it was always tripod-based as well. Um, so then when I went over to... I shot with Canon 5D Mark Ones, Mark Twos, Canon 20Ds, um, and then I moved across to Nikon in about 2014. Um, I really did want to shoot with a medium format camera again because I was missing that opportunity to shoot with that bigger, you know, panoramic camera that felt more like a, a real camera. In so just vertical. to clarify, are we talking about the hand feel then? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the aesthetics more than anything else. And I guess also, too, the idea that it feels like a real camera. Like, the, for me, I'm old school, sort of the bigger the better and the bigger the camera is, the more it feels like you're, uh, I don't know, a serious photographer. And I'm not denigrating anybody else who's, who's listening who shoots on anything else. I'm just saying, for me personally, it feels like a real camera. I'm probably compensating for many things, but... Um, <laughs> Now that I shoot with this Pentax, it's clunky. It's awkward. It's been labelled as one of the most, you know, the ugliest cameras out there. It's got all these knobs and things that sort of don't look great. Um, but it shoots a bloody nice um, shot and it fits really well in the hand. And, yeah, it takes up a bit of space. Uh, it's not mirrorless. It's got this um, big mirror in it for the big sensor that's got in it. So it's um, it's big, it's heavy, it's clunky, but it reminds me a lot of shooting with my medium format um or my panoramic film camera. So, so if you were talking about it from someone else, like I, I can, I totally understand what you mean by the it feels like a real camera because I've yeah. got to say that um, when I pick up some of the small, like cameras are getting smaller, um, yeah. and that doesn't necessarily have an impact on their quality either. Like you could just yeah. as a straight comparison, you could take like the the Nikon Z7 versus the D850, and to a large extent, there are some differences, but to a large extent, they're a similar unit. Um, mm. Z7 is. is tremendously smaller in the hand but i kind of agree with you that um especially if i'm using a really big wildlife lens i don't want a tiny camera hanging off it because it feels disproportionate it doesn't yeah, feel balanced, balanced. Yeah. but i guess the, from from a, a, a yeah there, there must be a reason outside of the aesthetic i mean because you, you could just build like a full frame camera and add all the grips and stuff on it as yeah. well yeah. is there is there a physical or an image difference because, like, even then, the 50 megapixels is not that special anymore. You know, you it's can not, put that onto, no. a, onto yeah. a D850, a Z7, yeah. a Sony A9, a, A7s even have them. So yeah. it, it, do you think that there would be a compelling reason for someone outside of the hand field to, to consider a medium format camera? Unless, no. of course, they just want money to spend because they're just like, yeah. I've got too much cash. It's weighing me down. cash <laughs> to get this camera. I bought... Um, this current version, I've had two. I drowned one. And so this latest one I've had for a couple of years now. And I bought it for $4,000 secondhand from a guy who'd only used it in a studio, so had never been outside. And it only shot 5,000 frames, which is absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I got it for four grand. And so you don't need to be spending a hell of a lot of money because the lenses. Lens, lens no, you, so you can use all of the manual focus lenses from the 80s ah. that went on to the Pentax. 
um, film cameras from way back when. So you can use 30, 40-year-old lenses that are extremely sharp, that are flooded on the market because nobody needs them anymore. And so I've probably spent no more than um, $1,500 for three lenses to suit that camera. Now, you can spend a hell of a lot more because they've got now updated versions or updated lenses that are um, suited for the media format digital. But they're, you know, they're sometimes four or $5,000. And so I'm not wanting to spend that sort of money. So instead, I've gone for the manual focus and, and who, needs to, who needs to autofocus when you're shooting a landscape? Often yeah, yeah. not. So I'm very happy with those lenses. Getting back to your question, um, look, I, the files are superb. The, the cleanliness, they're just so, so sh- super sharp. And when you, you know, you know in Lightroom when you click on the image to make it 100% and it zooms right in? Mm. Well, you know, like you feel like you're going down a tunnel and zooming in on, on uh, this amazing detail. And, and but to, to contradict that, here in the gallery, I've actually unbeknownst to me, blown up a couple of photos to the same size, printed them the same way and put them under the same glass and stood, had one next to the other, as I said, unbeknownst to me. And one was shot on the Nikon D800, 36 megapixel, and the other one was shot on the Pentax 645Z, medium format 50, and you would struggle to see the difference, even at a... Even at a meter and a half. So there's there's a couple of things in that to unpack though. So this I do find the sensor size megapixel thing interesting. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people overlook the fact that um, as you increase a sensor size, a very very small increase in actual size can have a tremendous increase in um, actual pixel count. So because you're talking with pixel count, you're talking about surface area. Yep. And versus dimensions. So um, I kind of look at this like, you know, when you go to a pizza shop and you see, you know, the small, medium, large and family yes. and often you go like, oh, what the hell? The family and the large look pretty much the same. Like yeah. the only the actual um, radius of that pizza is maybe only like half an inch or an inch bigger. Yes. But the surface area, once you multiply that out, is massive. So oh, yeah. tremendously more pizza. So I think the same yeah. thing goes like 36 to 50 doesn't feel like that big of a jump in some ways because yeah. – actual resolution you know it might be an extra few hundred pixels each way and that'll make up the difference but i guess the other thing to to, that i wanted to sort of say on that one was this is more of a printing thing and i'm not a printing person so you can you can chime in on this one and correct me or whatnot but um so the the average viewing distance yes image yes roughly three times the diagonal yeah, about twice to three times. Yeah. I go with twice, but we can go with three times. Let so me say twice. Yep. The human eye, from my understanding, even at twenty twenty vision, mm-hmm. can rarely like if I talk TVs for a second. If you go four K yep. versus HD, yep. the, the twenty twenty vision shouldn't be able to differentiate the two. Yeah. At double the diagonal viewing distance. So yeah, it's only so when you do a stupid TV for a tiny yeah. room that you go, oh, yeah. I can see the difference. It's like, yeah, because yeah. you shouldn't be sitting that close. <laughs> so does that, know, does that factor into the artwork? Maybe this is why they stack all the, the, all the TVs close to one another in JB and, and Harvey Norman and don't allow you to stand yeah. too far back because well, they want you to be able to get up close so you can see the difference. Otherwise, yeah. if you sit back, you'd just be going, well, fuck it, I can't see the difference. I'll just get the cheaper one. Yeah, well, that, 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 there's probably something in that. So, well, But look, I think... We do, do that here in the gallery where we, we always encourage people to stand back. You know, at the end of the day, um, you can walk right up to our prints, obviously, but the best 
thin. We're only four meters wide in the gallery here. And, Have you thought and, about a handrail system where you just put like there's a, <laughs> a thirty centimeter gap in the middle of the gallery you're allowed to stand? Look, look, don't go down that path because there's <laughs> yeah. a photographer nearby to me here who also <laughs> has a gallery that actually, for his more exclusive prints, has put the you know the red rope. Oh, right. Print like you're in a, a frigging museum. So and like the Mona Lisa. I just, just, it's a total wank. It's unbelievable. I'd, I'd like, like that it would be, it'd probably be paired up with a sign that says no flash photography as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, there might as well be. I'll tell you what, um, that, I wouldn't put a past him next if that's what he's done. No, a huge shout out to that gentleman, by the way, who I won't name. I've got total respect. Um, very successful at what he's doing. So well done. Inspires me to, to be better and do more. Good but, save. Um, Good save. No, no, no. It's true. It's true. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to throw mud, but then I'll, I'll happily give credit where credit's due. Um, so, yeah, look, so in our gallery, you know, like we encourage people to stand back so they can get an overall feel for the photograph, but they can walk right up close and see the detail, and that's fine. And nobody would look for our clientele, nobody's walking up to it and saying, What is this shot on? They're not asking what it's photographed on and they, they, they might comment and go, wow, this looks really sharp. I love the detail. But they're not saying is that because you're using a 50 megapixel medium format digital camera or anything like that. Yeah. No. No. Uh, again, it just comes down to aesthetics. I love the feel of the camera but also, you know, the files are amazing and um, it does allow me to blow them up to be whatever I want. The largest we've done so far is almost two metres um, in, in height. It was a vertical print. And that's at 300 DPI. But, wow. you know, if we wanted to go larger, we absolutely could. We're just limited by the, um, the file size, so- oh, the, sorry, the printer, the printer sizes here in Australia that are, don't tend to sort of print any more than about a metre and a half in width. So they're on big rolls. You can obviously print as long as you want because the roll, you know, can be, as, can be hundreds of metres long, but the width is something that we struggle with here in Australia. Um, so yeah, like that's the reason for me shooting on that camera and, and I love it and I don't think I'll ever feel the need to sort of upgrade or, or do anything else like that. I, I do, I do also find that when I switch down to my down, when I switch across to my Nikon D800, it feels a bit Mickey Mouse because it is a smaller camera, but, but it's just so light and easy to carry and and throw around <laughs> which is so ironic because most people are like oh, i would never go up to a d800 because they're so bloody heavy well this, well i can't i'd get lost my hands would just be too big for anything smaller than than a d800 you know you should play yeah. softball <laughs> the ironic thing is i don't have really big hands i have i have quite big palms in proportion to my stubby fingers i've got sort of short stubby fingers i don't have long slender fingers at all like a human catching mitt then i think somewhat maybe yeah yeah yep. you'd be so, a good human shovel <laughs> i've banged on enough about about my camera how about you make a case for your your small look so you have you got a have you do you own an olympus camera i do i still own an am 10 um i don't right. own an am1 anymore which was their sort of higher model um right. because it just didn't make sense to be supporting two totally different camera brands right just having two sets of lenses, two sets of everything didn't make sense. Whereas in right. the EM10 that I've got, um, it's their sort of entry level, but still a great camera for walkabout. Um, and to be honest, a great camera for anything else you'd probably want to do too. But um, I don't have a full set of lenses for it. I've got like a, just a couple of the kit lenses, you know, used more for just kind of my day-to-day bits and pieces if I wanted to use it. Um, but I've got my D850 and a D810, right. which kind of makes it my main kit. But yeah. I think what's interesting to me is like the – 
outside of there are definitely physical differences in the cameras. And I think that's really important. As you say, you want to pick up your camera and feel proud of it, whether that's I'm proud that I've got a little Leica that feels like it's just this pocket rocket or mm. you're proud that I've got this behemoth Pentax. There's no such thing as right or wrong in what you've got. Um, but you do want to pick up your camera and feel like, hey, I really, I'm, I'm glad to be carrying this because if you don't, I just don't think you'll take it with you and you'll just use your phone. So you have to like what you're holding. Um, but in terms of the technical side of it, one thing that I think gets overlooked sometimes is this whole idea of bigger is better. And I think, um, you know, to add on to your Pentax thing, you know, if you put 50 megapixels across a much larger sensor and then you put 50 megapixels on a tiny sensor, that doesn't have the same effect. And so, like, Nokia released a 40-megapixel phone camera years ago and it was total mm. trash because right. the sensor was still the same size as, like, your iPhone sensor, right. but they just jammed these tiny little pixels on there. So those pixels are less able to absorb light. So the smaller your sensor um, and the higher pixel count, smaller pixels or photo sites, and therefore it's not it's going to give you grainier images, essentially. You're just not going to get right. the performance out of it. Right. That said, though, small sensors actually have a massive place for me and so the only reason I own a D850 and not a crop sensor is the D850 is so high megapixel it can act like a crop sensor. Mm. So crop sensors, for those who haven't heard or don't know about it, it's basically the smaller your sensor is, it's going to um, crop in the projection of the lens and it's going to appear to be a bigger zoom. Yeah, gives you more focal length, which is great for zooms, 100%. which is great, sorry, for telephoto lenses where you, you might have a 400mm lens and rather than spending the money on a 600mm lens, you could just get a cropped camera sensor that uh, or smaller sensor that gives you 600 mil rather than 400 mil that's right and that's why the olympus ones at the moment like they're advertising their new 100 and i think it's a 100 400 lens they're advertising it as a 200 to 800 because that's the equivalent yeah it kind of makes sense because you do want to compare apples and apples but it's also a bit cheeky because it's like well it is but if if you're kind of used to applying the the crop factor you'd be like wow a 1600 megapixel <laughs> mega yeah. sorry um a millimeter lens yeah but like so for me i i use my d850 which is four or 50 megapixels close to i think it's 46 or something yeah. um, but when you put it into crop mode i get the extra extension in the focal length but i still get a 24 megapixel file out of it which is the same as what their crop sensor high end cameras are so so you can put it you can change the mode of it yeah. Just like you're saying. So you can put in a crop mode which doubles the focal length of the lens you're using. Uh, it doesn't double. It's 1.6. 1.6, but then you're only getting 20-something megapixels. 20, yeah, I think it's 24. Whereas the right. D500, which is cropped already and has many mm. of the same kind of specs, mm. it's only 22 megapixels or 20 right. megapixels. So right. it's kind of like the D850 kind of covers both sets of ground. So I wouldn't yeah. own it if it didn't do that. Like if it was the D850 yeah. had all specs but it was still 20 megapixels i probably wouldn't go for it no not enough yeah so you get that like that crop sensor thing people often go oh, i need to buy a full frame and i go well hold on what do, what photography do you do because yes. if you're doing yeah. long telly wildlife or sports there's actually a lot of merit in having the smaller sensor yep um you do sacrifice usually a bit of low light performance in that and you can sacrifice a bit of focus um tracking stuff as well because the the focusing systems in those bigger cameras they've got more space to add better systems um mm. But the other thing that um, – this is probably the most overlooked one and I have this conversation too many times in a week so I thought if we put it in a podcast, I can just send them this podcast and go just fast forward to the last three minutes. Um, <laughs> the, the, the difference in depth of field, you know, like yeah. um, if you well, do – That's something I didn't discuss about my camera, but go yeah, on. Because your, your, de- your depth of field is like half is the depth half. of field of mine, which is nuts. Correct. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. If, I'm, if I'm shooting on F16, if you're shooting on F16, that's my F8. So, so um, well, on, the other, on. Way the other way around. So, um, so at the end of the day, my F16 is really only your F8. So it means that when I've got something, if I'm a landscape photographer shooting with a wide angle lens and I've got something very close to the camera right in the foreground, I can't expect that at my F16 I'm going to get everything front to back sharp regardless of where I focus. So, so do, your, do your lenses let you go up to higher f-stops then to compensate for that? They do, but then you don't want to do that because then, well, only f-22. No, only f-22. So ideally, oh, so you still the same, yeah. Yeah, ideally you'd go to 32, 45, you know, 64, mm. but no, they don't. So, um, so would you focus yeah. stack then or what's your yeah, how do you... focus stack? But I don't right. often do that because I don't have a really wide-angle lens for my, for my camera mm. anyway. The widest angle I've got is 28 mil. Yeah, which exactly. when you think about that, you're not really getting in very close to your foreground subjects. And when I say very close, you're not, you know, within a foot or two. Yeah. You're generally within a couple of metres, which when you when you do that, even if it's a bit soft in the background, that's okay. I really don't mind. I sometimes catch myself out and I say, hold on a sec, I better shoot this focused act, which means I'll take, I'll have it on a tripod and I'll take one photograph where I'm focusing on the foreground and then I'll take the exact same photograph and I'll focus on the background mm-hmm. and then two together using Photoshop and other software in order to get that front-to-back sharpness that I want that you'd often get out of using a full-frame camera that's shooting at f16. Whereas so, so that, I'm, that, shoot, I'm still shooting at f16, but it's really only the depth of field of a full-frame f8, yeah. And then if you look at then the um, – go go one step further, an f8 yep. on a full-frame is sort of roughly like f4 – on a yes, crop on, sensor, yes. which is really like f two point eight on a micro four thirds. <laughs> so it's interesting because when you start looking at the maths on this, like yeah. you know, from a technical perspective, and I don't like getting too technically bogged down, but if I was a landscape photographer or someone who really loved macro, where depth of field is a mass, probably a bigger issue in macro than mm. it is in, in landscape. In anything, yeah. The bigger your sensor the harder it is to achieve that depth of field. So I'll give you a scenario here that I try and explain on my workshops. If you have your Pentax camera, right, and you have to shoot at f16, that's likely going to mean that you get lots less light, obviously. So you're going to need to either have a much slower shutter or you're going to bump your ISO. Now, if you can shoot on the same photograph on a micro four-thirds, and you're now shooting at like f2.8 or whatever, I'm not going to try and do the exact equation, but, you know, f2.8 or f4 even, you actually have tremendous tremendous amounts more light and you still get the depth of field. So you can have a faster shutter to eliminate, um, you know, motion blur if you've got some shake in there or lower ISOs. So yeah. it's kind of a tricky one, I think, because, um, and the same thing goes for macro, I should say. Like I'd rather shoot a macro subject with a micro four thirds because I'm going to get the depth of field equivalent yep. <laughs> of, of four times or five times as much at the same yep. aperture. And often macro needs to be done handheld if you're doing insects and stuff. So yep. there is kind of like a, I think this conversation, in, if I was to sort of sum it up into three sentences for the person to summarize in their other podcast, <laughs> I'd sort of go like sensor size is really important in so many ways, but at the same time, Every camera is out there for a reason and they've always got – There's for every downside you can find to something, there's always a massive upside as well. And it's just work – you've got to work out what you're trying to achieve with the gear yep. and before yep. you make that judgment call. I see a lot of people go, oh, I'm thinking of going up to full frame. And I go, why? And they go, oh, because it's a bigger sensor. And I go, yeah, but what what are you doing? Yeah, and they go, oh, I really want to get like detailed macro shots. And I go, well, 
that's probably not going to help you, you know. Um, I mean, it might in some ways, but it's certainly not in all the ways and probably not the ones you think. So what do you reckon of that? Is that, is that sort of sound? Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on there, Matt. At the end of the day, I think those people who sort of are asking those questions are coming at it from a little bit of an uneducated point of view. And, and that's fine because we all learn one way or the other. And it can be very confusing to know well, what sort of camera should I be buying and what are the benefits like you've discussed and we've discussed today. Um, but to, to sum it up for my summary, I would say that more often than not, people should be going for the micro four thirds and, 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 and cameras like that. Many of my clients are moving over to that now because they don't want to lug around the, the full frame gear and they're, they're happy enough with um, an Olympus that's four thirds and nice little small compact lenses and they're carrying half the weight and that means that they're more comfortable and more willing to you know, go to these places, et cetera, and carry all of the camera gear with them because that's the whole reason they're out and about, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, like we said on episode one on this podcast, it's really important to know that um, we're all trying to achieve something different in photography. So, you know, what you're achieving, Tom, with your high detailed big prints, like you're doing massive pieces of fine wall art, for me, um, I love doing really big prints in certain environments. So some of my underwater wildlife stuff, I love big prints of. But generally speaking, I'm not doing mega prints of this stuff. And so for nice. me, the, the focus is on something completely different. And yeah. for those people that you're talking about, here you go, you recommend micro four thirds, which I also I support that. I go, if you're, if you're someone who's doing photography because you love it and it's a hobby and you might do the occasional big print because they can print big still. There's nothing, you know, nothing limiting you there. But, you know, the files are not going to be as good as what you get out of a 645 or, or a D850 or whatever. Um, but it probably is more than good enough for what you're trying oh, to achieve. Yeah, so you've yeah, got to work out what your, what your goal is yeah. um, before you make these decisions. And sometimes when you ask professionals, keep in mind that their opinions – are always going to have a slant of, well, in my professional environment, this is what I would do. Mm. Uh, and they're always going to be a little bit tainted with that. So don't always necessarily try and, I don't say copy, but follow the pro. Maybe think, well, uh, to what level am I trying to achieve the same thing? Yep, yep. At the end of the day, you've just got to know what is your motivation and therefore what is going to be the best for that rather than what does everyone else have or what does Tom have, what does Matt have because what we have suits what we do in terms of not only what we photograph, but in terms of like hands our background. And size. <laughs> As we've discussed, I've got big hands, which often relates to other things, but let's not go there. We don't want to make it smutty. But, um, <laughs> you know, I would, I would probably discourage most people from buying my camera. For most people listening to this podcast, there might be one or two people that would go, oh, that's an unreal camera. I'd love to own one of those. And if I put it in their hands, they'd go, yeah, no, this is the camera for me. That's like one or two people maybe listen to this whole podcast. Most of you would look at it and go, it's ugly, it's way too big, it's way too heavy, why would I bother? It's kind of and like, without the ugly bit, it's kind of like looking at a Ferrari with your five children and going, hey, we should get a Ferrari. <laughs> I'd love it, but hey, it's probably not going to be practical. It's not going to do the job, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, let's hope that we've um, somewhat, you know, I feel like we're on an episode of Mythbusters and we've Nailing just gone off. through that. Uh, we've gone through that, you know, whole episode of trying to debust or demyth or whatever they call it, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, thanks very much for that stimulating conversation, Matt. There was a lot of intellectual um, property in there that um, we should probably be copywriting. But anyway. I feel like there's at least like three minutes 
of interesting is content goal. Is one, which is a pretty goal. good. That's like a 10 to 1 ratio. That's, that's unusual for us. So we, we, maybe we should go for these early morning uh, recordings in the future, Matt. We should add a disclaimer up front. We should record something now that we can pop at the front of the podcast saying, actually, this one's worth listening to from 15 minutes on. <laughs> We'll spam it all over our Facebook group and all over our social pages and let them know that this is the best yet. We've only wow. taken 12 episodes to get there, but hey, you know, some people never get there. So I consider we've got, to, we've got to get up to that 2,000 count. I want that badge. Right, come on, guys. Let's get us there. Let's you get us have to there. listen to it three or four times, guys. <laughs> That's it. Download it three or four times. Download it on every device that you own, and that way we'll just get the downloads up and running. Well, that has been yet another amazing, just incredible episode of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, jump on the Facebook group. Uh, give us some love. Give us some topics that you'd like us to discuss in the future. And until next time, take care. Catch you later. Enjoy. Bye.